0: It's the Momcast. Really, Mom. Mommy. Mom. You are listening. Momcast. The Momcast. All right. Welcome to Momcast, and I'm so thrilled. I hope you're. If you're driving, you're taking us along. Or if you're at home, last minute, uh, uh, getting maybe some packages wrapped or getting the house ready for everybody to come or baking. Thank you for being a part of Momcast. I think we have great information for you this this week. We are covering all this the last minute stuff you need, like. Who to tip? Who? Uh, what, what is a good tip? And I think you're going to be happy to find out it's not as um, strict as it used to be. So we've got information for you covering all the bases of tipping, getting along with your family members, uh, all of those great things you're going to need for this holiday season. I thought we would just focus on a couple of areas that are important this time of year. So we have Sharon Schweitzer with us, an international etiquette and modern manners expert, also the founder of Access to culture going to help us out on a few of these areas here around the holidays that we might need help with last second. Sharon, thank you for taking some time with us. I appreciate it.
1: It's my pleasure. Happy to do so.
0: Well, we're all kind of in the thick of it right now, but there's always these questions that that pop up for us, and I want to start with tipping because every year I have to think about it and go, "Okay, what do I need to do here? Who do I tip? Who do I not tip?" Um, let's talk about this, because I know in my life I think about um, my hairstylist. Uh, my daughter has a piano teacher. Um, I think about, you know, our, our mail carriers, those s- sorts of things. So so let's talk a little bit about the etiquette. Who do we tip? All right, let's start with someone like my hairdresser.
1: Okay. Well, the number one rule is that there are no specific rules about how much or who to tip in the U.S. The time between Thanksgiving and New Year's Day. So you have some latitude there. Okay, good. And what (laughs) you want to remember is that you tip those who have been loyal to you throughout the year. So even though you may have been tipping these people throughout the year, what you want to do is tip those people like your hairdresser and the piano teacher who have been loyal throughout the year to reward them for that loyalty. So you want to budget first and determine how much you're willing to spend and how much you're able to spend, because holiday tipping is not an obligation. Then you want to prioritize and make a list of those who you want to tip, placing those at the top who help you the most frequently. So you've already prioritized. And then you want to handwrite a note of appreciation to include with the tip and put it either in a card or an envelope, And that let them know why you appreciate them and how much you appreciate them. And then the amount you tip is totally a personal decision. It's discretionary. You get to decide how much it is that you want to provide.
0: Okay, so like for my daughters, I'm thinking about our piano teacher. She's a big part of our year. Um, So I always thought, okay, well, whatever it costs for one lesson, that's not necessarily the case then. No,
1: it's not necessarily the case. Many people use that as a guideline because they feel like that would be, a, a, you know, a good guideline, and so that's fair. But you don't have to do that. Again, it's up to you to make that decision whether you want to use that. And if you do, that would be fairly standard, and that is what many people use as a guideline.
0: Okay. So like a child care provider, I mean, do we have to do cash or is that tacky to do cash or should we, you know, I always wonder about that. Let's say we have a child care provider. Um, Is it tacky to give them cash?
1: It's not. Cash is still king. What you would want to do though, is go to the bank and get crisp bills, get crisp (laughs) $20 bills, crisp $50 bill or a crisp $100 bill, depending on the amount that you're going to tip, and put that in a nice, you know, nice envelope.
0: Now, if you are, let's say you're a little strapped for cash, maybe, you know, it's a it's a tight season. Um, Is it okay to give a gift? In other words, you know, is it wrong to give a couple dollars? Or is it better to get a gift of some sort, a small trinket? That
1: is Again, your discretion. There's no problem with giving a 20 or $25. Give a small amount of cash is fine. Also, baked goods, as long as you know the person's diet restrictions or food sensitivities. You know, if someone is gluten free or eats kosher food or halal, you want to make sure you know their diet and their food sensitivities and you don't violate any of those.
0: Yeah, I've heard uh, some horror stories with that one. So you do kind of, if these are people, as you said, your guideline is someone that's important in your life and has been loyal, hopefully you're going to know those restrictions ahead of time.
1: That's right. Hopefully you will. But always a nice basket, homemade goods. Those types of things are so well received, especially when you put a nice note of appreciation because that's coming from the heart. And after all, it is the thoughtfulness and expressing your appreciation—that is the most the most important thing because gratuity is expressing your gratitude. That's what that's what it's all about.
0: Okay, so the note is really a big deal here, is what you're saying.
1: Yes, the gratuity can be in the form of cash tips, gifts, or even simply notes.
0: Okay, so really, I, I guess I'm thinking of some of the families that maybe don't have a lot of extra at the holidays, and it's a struggle. A note or a card with a handwritten note inside is perfectly acceptable, too, then, you're saying?
1: Yes, that's wonderful. That is absolutely acceptable and encouraged.
0: I want to ask about teachers, because that's a big one. Tipping for your teachers, your kids' teachers.
1: Yes, that is a big one. In fact, we have a tipping guideline on our website because you always have to check school district, university, and college policies because it varies by district and it can vary by universities. So what we recommend is for a university professor, we recommend a holiday card with no gift. For a school teacher, many districts and many classrooms, what the parents do is they'll pool their funds together, they'll have children write handwritten notes, and the parents will present a group gift. Now, that doesn't always happen, but it does happen in many districts. Uh, Sometimes it varies between a public and a private school. If there are multiple teachers, sometimes they'll still do group gifts with pooled funds, or they'll do a $25 to $50 gift certificate uh, from the parents. There's also the school secretary. Sometimes they'll do a cafe or a restaurant gift card or a small gift or gift certificate. The school nurse, sometimes they'll do a cafe gift card or a small gift like you mentioned, the tutor or the private music instructor, they'll do um, a cafe gift card with a handwritten thank you note. There's also daycare staff, a card from the child, um, or for each staff member, plus cash or group group gift. Then don't forget the principal, Um, you know, a holiday card or baked goods or flowers in a vase. You don't ever want to give a dean or um, a professor any kind of cash or a gift card because it can be seen <laughs> as attempting to influence a grade.
0: Yeah, I would guess so. I would guess so. Um, I feel like I might have tried that at one point. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that that's very good advice. All right. I'm going to ask the big question. And I'm going to full disclosure here. Anyone that listens knows probably that I already do this. I am notorious for regifting. And I'm not talking like big things, just little things, because Here's what I do, and Sharon, you can tell me if this is right or wrong. I will purchase things around the holiday season like boxes of candy or candles or little things that I think are are nice gifts, but they're smaller. And I kind of have them just in case. In other words, if I forgot someone on my list or somebody pops by, I keep them at home or in my car and I have them. And then sometimes... I um, also do that when someone gives me those types of things. I set them aside, and I will re-gift. Let's talk about re-gifting.
1: Well, you are not alone, because according to an American Express spend Tracker survey, 76% of Americans believe that re-gifting is socially appropriate. And the most frequent items that are regifted are candles, uh, wine, Little sundries, items just like what you're purchasing, because those are items that can easily be regifted. And many times people appreciate them scented soap, tea towels, lemons, things like that that people love to receive and that many people will use immediately or might regift. It's the type of things like sweaters, clothing, those things uh, cannot be regifted. And those you know, things are, are items that people might wear, and so those are much more difficult to regift. So the, the key to regifting is to do it immediately and to do it in different social circles. So if you receive a gift from a family, like you receive a nice scented soap or a, a candle, you don't want to regift it in your family circle. You would regift <laughs> that in your social circle, and I'm sure a savvy regifter like yourself probably makes a note. Exactly, like who she receives that gift from. Yeah. And when she received it so that she knows to be gifted in a different circle. Isn't
0: that funny? I I, I am a savvy regifter and I, I hate to admit that, but
1: <laughs> I, I kind
0: of am. I do take note of those things. And it's funny because you say those are all things people like to get. And yet often we turn around and regift them. I think it's more because. It's not because we didn't like the gift we were given. It's because we actually find ourselves needing it.
1: Exactly, and if if you know, here's the other thing you can do when you're regifting. Savvy regifters will even say, you know, I have uh, one of my BFFs loves to cook. She has even gone to culinary school, and every once in a while, I'll receive, you know, the fourth edition of Southern Living's best best-selling. Uh, recipes or their all-time favorite recipes, and I will have a duplicate copy. And I'll say to her, you know, Susie, this is, I just received this gift. It's a duplicate. I know you want this book. And she will be so happy to get it because she doesn't have it. And I've received it as a duplicate. So I'll be honest and tell her that. Mm -hmm. And Susie doesn't really care. Susie's thrilled to get that book because she doesn't have it.
0: Right, right. And that's a good idea. So in some cases, you can just be open about it i want to talk about um if you can talk about this sharon when you have kids is there an etiquette because i I have one and you know then there are other nieces and nephews in the family everybody asks what does what does olivia want for christmas and there have been times when she was really little especially we got way too much stuff everybody went above and beyond is there any kind of etiquette with that with with being able to say to family members hey you know, tone it down? Or is that really the wrong thing to say? Or how do we handle that?
1: You know, there is an etiquette to that, because many parents do not want their children to grow up thinking money grows on trees, or that gifts will always flow in. They want their children to grow up understanding that, you know, they've got to appreciate, have a certain appreciation for money and for gifts. So there's a way to express that. And I think many parents do that early on. So many times families will say, you know, we want to set a limit for gifts. We want to set a limit for monetary amounts. And in fact, we've had that happen in our family. I'm one of six children. I have 11 nieces and nephews. And so we have had limits set in our family for the amount that we're permitted to give to our nieces and nephews for Christmas, for holidays, for birthdays, for graduations. And I think if you do that early and you communicate clearly and kindly, then that can be done. You know, maybe saying for for the holidays, we want to set a limit. It also helps family members who may have different income levels. So they don't feel like they're doing any kind of match spending or com- competition between family members.
0: Now, that that's probably the bigger part of it, too. I mean, not only do we want to make sure our kids don't get too much, but yeah, that if someone is not at the same income level as a sibling, um, it can be it can be very uncomfortable and almost uh, they feel bad.
1: <laughs> that's right. And so whenever you set a limit and say, you know, we appreciate your thoughtfulness you know, here's, you know, kind of the parameters, what we'd like to see. And then if you have some educational gift ideas, you can say, you know, these are some educational gifts that we were thinking about purchasing. Um, And then you have them in a set price range. Then that helps kind of guide family members toward the educational side of things and keeps people in a set price range.
0: Finally, before we go, as we're all heading to family gatherings You know what? It's not always courier and Ives Um, how maybe maybe a couple of tips for getting along, because, I mean, obviously things like religion and and certainly these days politics um, are very, very divisive. How do we handle the holidays as people are driving right now to their family members or they're coming to their house? Uh, A few tips for dealing with uh, keeping the holidays peaceful.
1: You know, it's really an important topic is keeping the peace. And I think one of the best things you can do is is to grin and bear it. And what I encourage people to do is don't let that snarky relative bait you into losing your temper or saying something you're going to regret. Because they're going to bait you and there are going to be people who are going to be present that you just don't get along with. So when they try to tempt you or try to taunt you into saying something you're going to regret, stop and think about the fact that you're going to be more well-respected and you're going to be more forgiving of yourself if you just resort to kindness and politeness. And ask them about themselves. Ask them about their holiday plans or what book they're reading or if they've seen any good movies lately. Um, And don't... You know, don't take the bait of those intrusive questions like, when are you going to get married? And who are you dating <laughs> now? And when are you going to have children? Those types of intrusive questions, you know, they're just too personal. And, y- you know, you can respond to those with, you know, there's so many more interesting things to talk about that I know the family would much rather listen to you tell us about your wonderful vacation and just kind of turn the tables back to something that's far more gracious. Is there anything wrong
0: with saying, with families ahead of time, like our family, we actually agree we're not going to discuss politics when we get together. So is that okay
1: to do? It's absolutely okay to do. And I think that's a wonderful solution. Uh, One of the other things you can do is you know, we do this at our family is we say, okay, 30 minute warning, everyone Instagram your photos, post to Facebook, tweet, do whatever you need to do. But all the cell phones and all the devices are going to be turned off and put in the other room in 30 minutes. So this is your warning. So get all your photos posted, talk to everybody, and then it's all going to be shut down before we go to the table.
0: Wow, I love that. I, I think some might have difficulty with that, but I actually really like that a lot because you're right. I mean, and especially holidays. There are so many people that are missing someone at the holidays. When we actually have everyone together, we need to savor it as much as we can and be in the moment. Sharon, thank you so much. Sharon Schweitzer, international etiquette and modern manners expert, founder of Access to Culture, your website.
1: Yes, it's protocol or you can go to Sharon Schweitzer.com and we'd love to hear from your listeners and they can download our holiday tipping worksheet and checklist
0: perfect thank you so much for our last minute help for the holidays my pleasure happy
1: holidays and Merry Christmas Merry Christmas to you thank you
0: All right. I hope that helps. Hey, Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays, safe travels, and we will see you on MomCast in 2019. Happy New Year.